0: Welcome to Digging Deep with Pastor Yemi and Pastor Dayo Ogunsaya. On today's series, we'll be teaching from the book of Romans. Are you ready to go deeper into God's word? Join us weekly as we go into the book of Romans, chapter by chapter.
1: Now here we go, digging deep into Romans. Eternal Rock of Ages, we bless your name. Our Father, our strength, our shield, our hope, our confidence, we celebrate you tonight. We acknowledge your interventions in our lives. Thank you for preserving us from last week till now. Father, tonight we open up ourselves for the teacher, the Holy Spirit, to Freely have the right of way. Amen. Tonight, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Open the eyes of our understanding.
0: Yes, Lord. Show
1: us great and mighty things, O Lord. Amen. Help us by the fresh release of your grace to do the word tonight. Amen. And forever we will worship you and you will remain our God. Yes, Lord. For it is in Jesus' marvelous name we have prayed with thanksgiving.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: All right. You are welcome once again. It's digging deep, an adventure in the Word of God. Like Pastor Dio said, we are continuing in Chapter 2. Chapter 2 has been an amazing chapter. It's like every verse has, we need to seal there and uh, consider it and uh, extract some beautiful things. You know Paul wrote the book? Mm-hmm. He wrote it by now, You should know, it's A.D. 57 of... Between fifty-seven and fifty-eight, you know that by the time he was writing these epistles, he has not been able to visit Rome to meet with the believers there. He's only been receiving report of the effectiveness of their faith, which he commended in chapter one. By now, we should know the purpose, the three main purposes that uh, he wrote the letter one to. Reveal the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, that this good news, this uh, this, uh, word of God, especially in the New Testament, the epistles, contains, actually the whole word of God contains the power of God. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus, Paul specifically referred to it in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 as the power of God uh, and the revealer of the righteousness of God. Uh, Secondly, he wrote the letter to communicate the point that the grace and the glory of God, they are all wrapped up in the gospel of of grace, of Jesus. When you talk about the glory of God, when you talk about grace, you are talking about Jesus. You are talking about the the gospel. And thirdly, uh, he explained uh, through these 13 chapters, uh, I mean, uh, 16 chapters. Uh, in the book of Romans, he explained uh, that the the, the revelation he, he, he cast a picture of the of the love of God for us, uh, which is like you said last week is the prime uh, support for everything that we receive from God. God is love. God doesn't have love. God is light, and God is what? God is. Uh, is ancient is omniscient is omnipotent but the, a key thing the character of god is love he is love personified it is everything he has done for man even the creation of the first man was born out of love and we know Genesis, uh, john 3:16 for god so loved the world he gave jesus to redeem mankind back we love god because he first loved us So everything in our relationship, our work with God, is because he loved us. And he has made a way for man to be able to relate with him. And we appreciate that for all eternity. So what have we studied in chapter 2? We've looked at the standard of the judgment of God. Chapter 2, Paul began to, he was making an argument, building on what he started in chapter 1. Leading, to show us whether we are Jews, whether we are Gentiles, that in ourselves, we cannot meet the standard of God. Why? Because the standard of God is based on three things. It's standing on three things. Number one, the truthfulness of God. God is true. Uh, we have places in the Bible, Psalm 31 verse 5, the Bible said is the God of truth. Uh, in uh, Psalm, uh, Isaiah 65 verse 16, the Bible called God the God of truth. It said he who blesses himself in the almost blessed by the God of truth. So, God is, uh, is the God of truth. Uh, the, the, the word truth is not uh, a fact. The truth is, uh, is more than a fact. The truth is, uh, a, let me use the better word, is a constant. Something that is unchangeable. Something that the passage of time cannot uh, corrupt. Whatever is true 2,000 years ago must be true today. Must be true another 1,000 years if Jesus started to come. And that is God. Every other thing in the universe is changing. It's only God that doesn't change. And because God doesn't change, his word is not changeable. So the word of God, the gospel, is the truth. And So it will be, if it was true in the time of Paul, it's true in our time. If it delivered Paul, it can deliver us. If it protected the Israelites, it will protect us. It's not changeable. We can't upgrade it. We can't modify it. The truth is simply the truth. Uh, so God's standard is resting on that truthfulness of God. And the second uh, platform for the, the standard of God is the impartiality of God, which we dealt, well, we dealt with last week. God is, uh, like you also say, you say God is just because he will give to every man what they deserve. God doesn't pick and choose. He doesn't relate with us by our faces or our handsomeness or beauty or how well we dress. No, God deals with, he loves us the same. I can't improve his love, but the reward I get from him or where I get to spend eternity is a question of what I do. Either my response to the gospel of Christ or my works as a child of God. Uh, and the third uh pillar of the standard of God is that Christ himself, the word of God, the living word, is going to be the judge. All judgment has been committed to the son. So that's where we pick up from today. Uh, It is my response, according to what we will see when pastor read it for us, it is how I respond to the gospel of Christ that uh, is a key determinant of what uh, reward that word will deliver to me. Mm. God is no respecter of person. Like Peter said, in every nation, those who accept accepting, those who receive his word, they walk with him. They get what he promised them. Mm. Uh, may that be you today in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So uh, today we are going to talk a lot about conscience. We are going to talk about self-righteousness and we're gonna spoil ourselves to be doers of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what are we reading? I'm gonna read
0: uh, Romans chapter two. I'm reading from verses 12 to 24 in the Passion Translation. Mm-hmm. When people who have never been exposed to the laws of Moses commit sin, they will still perish for what they do. Mm-hmm. And those who are under the law of Moses and fail to ob- obey it are condemned by the law. Mm-hmm. For it is not merely knowing the law that makes you right with God, but doing all that the law says that would cause God to pronounce you innocent. Mm. For example, whenever people who don't possess the law as their birthright commit sin, it still confirms that a law is present in their conscience. For when they instinctively do what the law requires, that becomes a law to govern them, even though they don't have Mosaic law. It demonstrates that the requirements of the law are woven into their hearts. They know what is right and wrong, for their conscience validates this law in their heart. Their thoughts correct them in one instance and commend them in another. So this judgment will be revealed on the day when God, through Jesus the Messiah, Judges the hidden secrets of people's hearts Mm. and their response to my gospel Mm. will be the standard of judgment used in that day. Now, you claim to be a Jew because you lean upon your trust in the law and boast in your relationship with God. And you claim to know the will of God and to have the moral high ground because you have been taught the law of Moses. You are also confident that you are a qualified guide to those who are blind, a shining light to those who live in darkness. You are confident that you are a true teacher of the foolish and immature, all because you have the treasury (coughs) of truth and knowledge in the law of Moses. So let me ask you this, why don't you practice what you preach? You preach, don't steal. But are you a thief? Mm. You, are swift, you are swift to tell others, don't commit adultery. But are you guilty of adultery? You say, I hate idolatry and false gods. Mm. But do you withhold from the true God what is due him? Mm. Even though you boast in the law, you dishonor God, mm. the lawgiver, when you break it. For your actions seem to fulfill what is written. God's precious name is Ah. cursed among the nations Mm.
1: because of you. Amen. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. What
1: amazing passages of scripture. Um, Let's begin to do the the work of dissection. Let's open it up so that we can close it back again. Uh, I want you to understand, like we always say, we have been saying for a couple of weeks now, the arguments that Paul started in chapter 1, that is continuing in chapter 2, you can't take it in isolation. Paul was building a case. Remember we said is, is this gospel of um, this epistle of Rome right, or, or the, to the Romans is a doctrinal uh, uh, letter. That it took time to build on the need for Christ, the, sin, uh, the, the, the falling out the sinful state of mankind. Why we all need Christ, whether we are Jew or Gentile. So it was is building a case, and so it will it was it will profit us to follow his line of thought, so that you don't condemn yourself, uh, even though you have received Christ, you don't think you have you have you have done it all. No, we begin to, we continue to examine ourselves in the light of the argument that Paul is making. So from verse 12, he said, when people who have never been exposed to the law of Moses, when they commit sin, uh, they will still be judged for what they do. They have never been exposed to the law. So that I don't know the law is not an excuse. Why would God uh, not excuse them? Why? Because now we need to understand uh, the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Let's look at this scripture. It will help us to understand what the argument of Paul here. Uh, Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah chapter 31. Let's pick it up from verse 31 and let's read uh we have to use the New King James version anyway. Uh, let's read from the New King James. Uh, Jeremiah, talking about the new covenant. Now, this is what God was speaking through Jeremiah. He said, behold, the days are coming. Talking about the days of the New Testament. He said, the days are coming. Says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. huh. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the, in the day that I took them by hand and led them out of Egypt. He's talking about the mosaic law, the covenant that was made on the mount. Mm-hmm. I said, that's not, it's not going to be like that. This New Testament is not going to be like that. He said, my covenant which they broke, mm-hmm. they started breaking the covenant out from the first day. Mm-hmm. But when the covenant was being made, when Moses was sprinkling the people and uh, sprinkling the mountain, they said all that God said we will do. We will do it. But God knows they can't do it. (laughs) So uh, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, he cared for them, provided, protected, but they broke the agreement. Ah. So he said, but this covenant that I will make, with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds. In their, minds. In their mind, Their thinking. It's going to be a, 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 a period where people will have to renew their mind. Aha. And he said, and I will write the law in on their heart. They will not have to carry the stone, the laws written on a tablet of stone. It will be on the tablet of their heart. So, God God is saying, I'm going to put something in them that will be uh, an indicator if they are following me or not. Hmm. He said, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Uh, Let's read up to 34. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord. For they all shall know me. We begin to see where the New Testament has placed us. And many times I've said, you don't need a pastor to tell you you are sinning.
2: This
1: this is where I got it from. God said, you know, there's something in you. If you are a child of God, you know. Just like that parrot, you know. For For they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity. They will be blameless. And their sin, I will remember no more. So it's a new beginning, and it will put something in us. That thing, we are going to talk about it, is the conscience that you will know there is a there is a Noah in us in the New Testament, which they don't have in the Old Covenant. Is the law, it's an eye for an eye, chicken eat chicken, but here now, we know God. When you are missing it, there's something in you. Because somebody asked us a question a couple of weeks ago. He said, Can you be a child of God, a Christian, and sin and not know? We have to we have to cancel many scriptures to say that is possible. It's not possible. God is saying they will know. They don't need it, they will not need the man. But they can override it, they can ignore it, they can rationalize it. Uh, they can trivialize what they have done, but they know. Mm-hmm. So let's, that's what the, that, that background will help us to understand this verses 12 to 13. He uh, said in verse I said, "For and those who are under the law of Moses and they fail to obey it, they are condemned by the law. That's for the Jews, but we are not Jews, we are not under the law, but we are the ones that have the law written. So, the New Testament is not a, law, is not a lawless covenant because God keep talking. Last week, we dealt five major laws. The law of faith, the law of confession, and the law of love, the royal law. The new covenant, people have mistaken it to say, well, under grace, anything goes. No, God is a God of order. He has put law. If there are no laws, there are no principles, then what you are going to have will be chaos. <coughs>
0: So when he says here in the in the first part of verse 12, when people who have never been exposed to the laws of Moses mm-hmm. commit sin, yeah. he's talking about the Gentiles. Yeah, he's talking about us. You and I that used yeah. to be the Gentiles. Since yeah. Says they will still perish for what they do. Mm-hmm. And also the Jews now mm-hmm. who are under
1: the law yeah. of Moses and Phil. So that actually captures everybody. Everybody, yeah. So, because that's the basis of his argument, Mm -hmm. because down we will see that the Jews pride themselves that they know the law of God. They have have the oracle of God, Mm -hmm. and to them belongs the oracle of God. But Paul is making an argument that that's not enough. Knowing the law of God is not enough. Are you doing what the law says? Mm -hmm. If you are not doing it, then you are not better off than the uh, unbelievers that are not doing anything or, or that claim they don't know anything. Even but and then the only believers too. He said to them, "You because you don't have the law, you can't claim that you are free, because inside you there is something. I put something there to tell you when you are missing it. I have put God has put Himself in all of us. There is a consciousness of God in us, and that's why the the the, the doctrine that the truth is relative is from the pit of hell. That's that's out there now. That what is true to you may not be true to me." No, the truth is truth in Canada must be truth in Nigeria must be truth in Ghana must be the truth in China. The truth in China cannot be different from the truth here. Culture varies, but the truth remains the same. Because now we have uh, people, oh, yeah, truth is uh, is uh, uh, is uh, is something that varies with what what you consider to be the truth. Well, killing somebody to make it in life may be what is needed for you in your area of. Residence, but it's not, that's not true. That's not, right.
0: especially when it comes to the Word of God. Yeah, the truth of the Word of God yeah. is not relative to anybody's yeah. interpretation. Yeah, it is, um, it is the Word of God, mm-hmm. it is the absolute mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. So it does not change, yeah. it has never changed. The Word is constant, it's the way it was yesterday, mm-hmm. is today the same way the Word of God has mm-hmm. been. Anything else can change around you. Situations may change, but the Word of God does not change. Because so, the, yeah. so the truth of the Word of God is not relative. Yeah. You know, it's not relative to, to, to what you think it is, because that's what happens nowadays. Yeah. People try to translate the word or interpret the Word of God differently from what the Word of God means. Yeah. And to, to be... Uh, to serve themselves, to to justify themselves. Mm -hmm. They try to interpret the Word of God so that it would be, you know, relative to their, or or by their own interpretation. Mm -hmm. But that's not, you know, that's not what the Word Mm -hmm. of God says. Mm -hmm. I think it says somewhere that the Word is even of no private interpretation.
1: Peter told us that. Yes,
0: what applies to one applies to all.
1: So the Scripture is of no private interpretation. the people of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit and they have it written down and it's still true yesterday, true today, true forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now I'm looking at that verse 13 and I'm trying to apply it to us who are now the the, the, the sons and daughters of the the kingdom. It says, for it is not merely knowing, instead of the law now I'm going to put the word of God. Mm -hmm. It's not just knowing the principles of God that makes you right with God but doing all that the principle demand that makes us uh, enjoy the benefit of salvation. I'm, I'm bringing it to us now because we have uh, among the believers we we just know things. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I don't tie it, I know when I when I tie it, I put me under the open heaven. Yeah, when I give oh God will bless me. But we carry somebody wrote a book and he said it is mental ascent in the church most churches now most among most believers what we have is mental ascent people that agree that the Bible said this but not actually practicing what they we claim to know there is a difference from what I know and what I'm doing both must align what I know should dictate what I do Mm-hmm. Or I, I should do what I know. Mm-hmm. That is when I maximize my potential in God. But oh. just to carry notes and take notes in church, mm. and just buy books and stock my library as a show off, mm. or you know, because as a pastor, I've met people they come to you for uh, for some support in one area, yeah. and then you are talking to them about a the scripture. They give you three. Mm. You're saying, but uh, oh, uh, you know, by the strife of Jesus, they will finish it for you. Mm. That, oh, by the strife of Jesus, I am ill and middle. But they are still sick. Mm. Oh, give out, it shall be given to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together. They will quote it for you. Mm-hmm. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, they will finish it for you. Mm. But it's not true in their life. Mm. It's, they have mental, they have knowledge that this thing is, they will tell you the verse, they tell you the chapter. But it's not a reality in their life. They are not practicing it. It's just what they have memorized. Somebody asked a man of God, he said, do you memorize scripture? He said, no. I meditate. I, 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 meditate, I, I act on it. What you act on, you can't forget. Mm-hmm. But the one you memorize is just there. It's a, a mental as a head knowledge. We are not talking of mental faith. We are talking of spiritual faith. We need to take the word of God and begin to practice them. That's when it becomes alive in us and speak to us. So that's very important. In in Paul's argument, the Jews, they claim that they they have the oracle of God, but they are not doing it. In fact, they can't do it. They can't because the law was not given to make people righteous. The law was given to show us that we need a Christ. To show us our inadequacies. The standard of God, no human being can meet it by themselves. In themselves. And God put the standard there not to condemn us to hell, but for us to turn to him and say, Lord, you got to help me. So that's why Jesus said he has come to fulfill the law. He fully obey the law. Why? Because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he has given us that same spirit in us. And one of the things the Holy, that Spirit has done, look at verse 14, so I don't, we don't jump ahead. Uh, I don't know if there's any other thing in that verses 12 and 13 that we have not extracted. I just want to take the juice out of one of them. So, I have in my note here, I said, doing all that the law or the word of God says, uh, is what is needed in the later part of verse 13 that's what he said he said that for it is not merely knowing the law that makes you right with God but doing all that the law says uh, that will cause God to pronounce you innocent or blameless now we are already now how does this apply to us we are believers yeah what does the law say to get saved confess Jesus as your Lord it until you do that then you are still in your sin mm-hmm. that's still part that's included in all that the law says. but now that I have confessed Jesus I am now a child of God under the new covenant the Bible said in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 as and so as you have received Christ so walk with him now that's what John said in first John chapter 1 verse 7 he said walk in the light that, that you have, you have. Now that you are a child of God and revelation comes to you, you come to church last Sunday, you had the pastor that you talked about something. Now the Holy Spirit has brought it, quicken it in your heart, start doing it immediately. You don't file it away and say, wow, that, that, that sounds good. That's true. I agree. That's true. And then just put it there. It is doing the work. All that the Word of God says that delivers the maximum enjoyment of the benefits of being a Christian to us. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, go ahead.
0: When Jesus was uh, here, and uh, you know, several times he would say, uh, "He was and here,
1: let, him, let hear. him hear."
0: You know, you would think that, what do we do with the- our ears? <laughs> we hear with our ears, but I believe what he was talking about mm. was. All these things that you are hearing, begin to do them. To do them. You know, it, when it spoke in Matthew chapter 13 about the parable of the sower, he oh. said, it actually it said, but blessed are your ears. For they hear. For you hear, you know. And, and uh, uh, you know, when you're thinking about it, you're like, why does he keep saying, saying yeah. that? Why did he keep saying that? that because people, we hear. We we can so we many times yes, yeah. we, we, we hear but we don't listen. Mm. We we don't we don't pay attention to the words and until that word resonates inside us yeah. and we be, and it word, causes
1: a change in our action.
0: And a revolution. It causes a revolution in ag- our thinking in our thinking against what we were doing yeah. before. That word is
1: mm. not heard. Yeah. And that's why Jesus Christ was saying it. Mm, somebody said it is the word you are doing that, pro, that that produces in your life. Take something for like giving in, a, in to the kingdom of God. The word already said it. Look at this one scripture is Luke 6, 38. Another one is Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 9 to some. It said, Honor the Lord. Your bands will be filled with plenty. We want a filled band. I can memorize that scripture. I can tell people I know it is a principle of God, but it will not, it will never deliver to me. I will never reap the benefit of it until I begin to consistently do it. And for me to consistently do it, I have to internalize it.
0: And I, 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 you know, as we are going ahead, you know, to practicalize what's, why are the reasons that people don't do the word? You know, God gives an instruction, but, and you hear the instruction, you get excited about it, you know, and then you find out that you're not doing it. Mm, you know, yeah. I find out that for the, for, for, of course, the pirate bull of the soul is yeah, one of the reasons. That's it, that's it. Yeah,
1: those, the reasons are there. Those are the, you know, it's you hear, one of those. Yes.
0: <laughs> you hear the word, but it, it has not taken a root inside yeah, of you. Yeah. You get excited about in it. George, and by shout time,
1: hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Oh, clap for the pastor.
0: And, and another, and, and honestly, uh, one other reason that I think, you know, apart from the parable, the mm. three soils, is. That's
1: the gospel according to you now. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay.
0: I, I, I want to flip it yeah. to even the preachers of the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many people are in churches where mm. the word is not really taught. Yeah. Many people or many of the preachers are now giving motivational speeches oh. that holds nothing. That when a believer hears those motivational speeches, they get excited about it.
1: They feel good.
0: They feel good. But by the time they get outside, there's nothing to anchor it to yeah. Because it is just, they're just motivated. And when the real storm comes, there is no foundation. So that's the reason I said I wanted to flip it. Yeah. Because it's not only, you know, the people or the, 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 our people that are yeah. at fault, but also those of us who are the teachers and the
1: preachers of the mm. word. We must make sure that we are preaching the total truth. Break it down. Make it practical. Applicable to day-to-day living. Now, Jesus made that clear. Thank you for the, what you have brought up. I think it's um, uh, Matthew chapter 7. From verse twenty-four, hmm. Matthew seven twenty-four. Let's look at it. This is this is how to build a foundation in the the, the Word of God. I said Jesus said, "Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, as the keyword, and does them, mm-hmm. he said, I will liken him, or I will show you what the kind of person he is. Mm-hmm. He said, he's like a wise man." Mm-hmm. We know God is the only wise. In other words, it's likening us to God. To God like he said, like a, like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Why is it important? So it, the doing of the word of God is building on the rock because the word is the rock. And when you begin to practice what the word says, you have a solid firm foundation. Mm-hmm. Why? Because in the next verse, the conditions are going to change mm-hmm. he said and he said uh, and the rain you know, let's go back to verse 24 there's something I'm missing there aha uh-huh. build this house on the rock okay mm-hmm. so what happened and the rain comes descended mm-hmm. He didn't say if or maybe he said and it's a given it's it's going to happen the rain is going to come the rain to drench you to to soak you is going to come then the flood the rain will keep coming, it becomes flood. Ah, The flood comes. Then the wind blows, like we were talking about on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's why, part of the reason why I said, storm is part of life. It's to be expected. He said the wind blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded. That person was already practicing the word of God. Mm -hmm. Already, if it's a wind of financial destruction, because you're already paying tight, you are giving Mm -hmm. your house or your finances will stand. You will not have to run from pillar to post. But people that are. Now, let's see the next verse. Mm -hmm. The other side. The people you are talking about. Mm -hmm. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, will be like a foolish man. Who builds his house on the sand. In the natural, we call anybody that we see building a house. And you say, Sir, where is the foundation? Ah, I don't need foundation. Isn't this person is stupid. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus is saying. In the natural light, nobody will build, It will be a stupid person. Mm-hmm. You are building three-story building on zero foundation. You're just setting bricks or just nailing wood. Mm-hmm. The time uh, on the house, uh, build the house on the sand, and the same condition. Mm-hmm. The same condition that happens to unbelievers will happen to us. But the difference is the word of God that we are already practicing. If we are not practicing the word, we will get the result. Mm-hmm. We are children of the kingdom, but mm-hmm. doing the word is the, is the strength of our life. Yes. He said, the rain descended, the floods, okay. not one flood, the floods came, the winds, the they blew and beat on the house. It may be a marriage, it may be finances, it may be lo- lo- uh, longevity whatever house we are building it will fall why because we are not practicing the word of god he didn't say we are not hearing hearing is not enough hearing and doing you have ears to hear hear it and then grace is there to practice it so so that when the test of life comes you stand that's what makes difference between those who go down financially or those who die prematurely and those who live long mm. and those whose finances are secured no. it is the doing of the principles and it's very important that I, we, I, we just don't walk around with that knowledge we, from tonight my brother my sister what is it that you, God has shown you begin to practice it don't do it occasionally mm. don't do it when it's convenient pay your tithe even if your house rent will not be complete yet, pay the tithe. Practice the word because you will not be evicted. God will not allow you to be evicted from that apartment. But if you are not, you are robbing God, you will probably lose the apartment and your finances will fall.
0: I know that for the most part, money is always a big, the biggest yeah. deal that uh, believers don't want to part with. But also, there are so many other Other things things, that we we look at in the Word of God. Mm. The Bible said that we should live in peace. Mm -hmm. You know, be at peace with all men, as far as long as it depends on you. It depends on you. You
1: In other words, you, you. Mm.
0: So, in even in our relationships you know as long as it is within my means mm-hmm. to hold things together as mm-hmm. long as it is within my my, my it's, i'm able is within my means mm-hmm. to be at peace with people because when we are focusing on, on on money okay pay money give offering many times we forget about all those for me to live in peace i have to be at peace with other people
1: your, your you know? interpersonal relationship relationship it's a seed
0: even, even studying the word of God yeah. by itself, you know, like you are saying that do it consistently, yeah. you know, enjoy it. Begin to get yourself into Make the word. Make it a
1: lifestyle.
0: You know, that that's important. That's something because that word is the foundation that you are talking about in that scripture. The foundation of the word. Yeah, the storm will come. It will come. It's a given. And because you build your house on a rock does not mean that the storm will not come. That's not what that scripture said. The principle said will come. It will come to both. Yeah. The foundation does not matter yeah. when it is a time of, the, um, whatever yeah. you do, does not matter when it comes to storm. What matters
1: is it's what the kind of foundation that you have. Are you a doer of the world or not? If you are not a doer, the, the conditions, the test of life, and it's something as mundane as where do you belong? Are you a child of God? If you are a child of God, then what are you doing in the nightclub? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we see a lot of mix, mixing of things oh it's not it's not a sin to go there but where is it in the Bible that it's okay to do that are you going there to preach the word to them or to live like them? we need to pay attention to things like that uh, you, you, you know you can't be both. You have to take, daddy always, uh, spiritual father always say, if you don't take a stand for one thing, you will fall for everything. Mm. Where are you as a Christian? Let Satan know that this is where. When in that group, they will never find you there. But if Satan doesn't even know that, oh, (laughs) she said she's a Christian, but she can show up anywhere, then that person, the foundation is not solid. Mm. Hmm. Our foundation, was, there are certain things and certain places that, because it's talking about Gentiles that don't have the law, but they do what the law says. Why? What, what motivates them? Something inside them say, this is not right. This is right. And they choose to do what is right. And when you are laying
0: a foundation for something, it could be tedious. Yeah. Because you have to go deep down yeah. and it may look as if you will never get to the roof. You will have stage. to
1: take out soil. Take
0: out soil and um, then put yeah. concrete and do that. Yeah. And somebody comes in, or maybe they are afar off, they are looking, they cannot see the building. Yeah. You yourself, if you are not close enough, you may not see the yeah. building because the foundation is what is there. Mm-hmm. And that is what happens when we start, you know, obeying the word of God. It may look tedious. It may be hard, like we're talking about, be at peace. That's when that person will annoy you the most. Mm-hmm. That's when that person will start backbiting against you, and you are trying to be at peace. And it will not And look you asleep. said,
1: I will never talk to this person again.
0: Or maybe you are oh. even trying to say, I, I, I'm going to, by the grace of God, I'm going to, you know, talk to this person. I'm going to, you know, but it's hard. It's difficult at that time. But as we continue to do it, it becomes, it becomes easier. Yeah. Then we now get over that foundation, then things become
1: easier yeah. for us to do. Yeah. Now, it's, it's a test, whatever you, years ago, somebody said, one of our leaders said to me then, he said, uh, whatever test, spiritual test now, you don't pass. You won't go to the next. You won't level. go to the next class. You yes, will retake uh, it yes. until you pass it. Yes. If it's yes. a test of endurance yes. or patience, yes. It, until you pass it, yes. you don't move on. Yes. Yes. You have. To, if not, you can get stuck, and that's why Christians get stuck in one area. Mm. Why? Because they don't know that. God will not move you ahead until you clear this. There's no automatic spiritual promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fruit of the spirit must be active. Jesus said that the, uh, the Bible said if these things are in you and they are functioning, mm-hmm. then you will uh, the law will not be able the, Satan will not be able to hold you down.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You are patient, you have long suffering, you have joy, you have peace, you pursue peace, you are you, you, you have self-control. There's no way Satan will come and get you. So those are the school of character we have to constantly, uh, and how do you even uh, um, uh, build the muscle of patience, if not through people around you?
0: Yes, yes. They
1: yes. will step on your toe, they will do things, you have to say, well, we belong to the same family.
0: But, uh, every Christian is a patient, until, uh, is patient. Every <laughs> until Christian is a patient. No, every is patient Christian is patient,
1: is patient until.
0: until they have to interact with another Christian. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> And we, it's amazing. I've thought about it many times and said, oh, yeah, you, what they did, does it really hurt? Yes. But A, as long as it depends on me, I am to be at peace. That means I'm, I, can't, I don't have control over what that person is doing. I only have control over the way I react. So I can choose to forgive and overlook and show love to that person. Or I can react angrily and kill that person. And that's where murder comes from. Maybe ah, what you have done or you wish somebody dead or you wish evil on somebody. Why? Because truly they offended you. But you are a child of God. You have God's nature in you. And God's nature is forgiveness. God's nature is patience. We only need to work it out and allow it to be a practice in our life. Mm. That's what we are all working on. And none of us, including us that are talking tonight, we are not there yet. No. We are all working at it. But the truth must be true. To set a foundation, you need to be sincere. Mm-hmm. Is the ground hard? Yes, if it's hard, then you do more work. Mm-hmm. You check the ground of your heart. Mm-hmm. What are the things you have put in there?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you, Some of us have been indoctrinated with wrong doctrines from the beginning, from little childhood. Uh-huh. Unlike uh, Timothy, that has been indoctrinated with faith
2: from the beginning. From
1: the beginning. Mm. Some of us are not like Timothy. So we need to do double job. But the truth remains, if this is the truth, i never forget what uh, kenny Copeland said, Gloria Copeland said, when they found that in the Bible, the Bible says, hold oh, no man nothing except to love. Mm-hmm. And kenny Copeland said, well, if we are going to do this, there goes our house. There goes our car. There goes, we can't own anything. And Gloria said, well, if that's what the Bible says, not to own anybody, that's what we'll be doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't matter what we have to leave. We will not owe anybody. And they put it to practice, but the money was looking for them. Mm. The planes started coming because they set the foundation. They found something in the Bible, and they said, the Bible said to do this, we're going to do it. Mm. That is the way to get promoted in the kingdom. Amen. Oh,
0: you know, I, I kind of like thought about it, talking about what you said and linking it to our conscience. Mm. You said not all of us are like Timothy. Mm. And many of us, because we've grown so much, mm-hmm. we've grown in, in that kind of thinking, mm. our conscience has been hurt mm-hmm. by it. Yeah, It's been seared. Like it, I mean, shared means that it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for so long, so regardless of what the we word of God says, we it. have become insensitive to it. And the Lord is asking us that we should waken up our, con- yeah. listen to our conscience. We should be listening to our conscience so that the the, the hard heart will become
1: soft. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is in us. When, and his job, part of his job is to guide. He said he will guide, he will lead. And the Holy Spirit doesn't quit. He said he will be with us. God doesn't quit on us. But we can quit. We can totally ignore him. You know, two people can be in the same environment and one just totally ignore the other. Mm-hmm. We can grow to that point that we we just, we, don't, we may be looking at that person, but we don't actually see that person. Mm-hmm. And that is, a seared mind if we have a seared mind then we can have a seared conscience because verse 14 talked about that mm-hmm. he said for example whenever people who don't possess the law as their birthright commit sin it still confirms that a law is present in their conscience
2: mm-hmm.
1: so conscience uh, is a very important thing for us to pay attention to For when they instinctively do what the law requires, that becomes a law to govern them. But this law is not written on tablets of stone, it's written in their heart. It's Mm. coming from the inside, through their conscience, which is the voice of our born-again spirit. Mm. Mm. So our conscience is the indicator, uh, just like when you are are driving a car, all these modern cars, and your gas is about to get finished. It will, the indicator light. We'll if you in. ignore that light, say, oh, this, this light, they just put too much light in this car, you know, uh, you will get stuck on highway. Mm-hmm. And then you will suffer for it. Because you ignore. You ignore that. Mm-hmm. Our conscience is a God-given indicator. Mm. Because he said their conscience are uh, comm- uh, commending or condemning. Mm-hmm. When you are following what the law, what God, the standard of God demands, it will commend you when you are going against it that's why you don't feel peace at ease that's why you don't want to come to church that's why you don't want to pray because your your heart is condemning you and the, the conscience is the voice of your spirit it's telling you there's something to address here pay attention to what is take care of this settle this also but what do we do some some of us including myself we we just say oh oh but you don't know why it is, they, they, they made me do that.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: made me, we put the blame on somebody else. We shift it. Now, like Adam, God came to Adam. I, I have asked the Holy Spirit, why not call uh, Eve? Why didn't God say, Eve, where are you? He came to Adam. Adam was not the one that started the whole thing. It was Eve. Also, Adam must have been thinking, well, it's not me. He said, but the woman you gave me, he refused to take responsibility. He put the blame on God. I was doing well until you brought this woman. But that's not what he said when God brought the woman. Wow, this is the bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. But when problem landed is the woman you gave her to me. I was, it's not my fault. And you brought this on me. So that's the attitude. To say, oh, is that person? Like we are talking of patience. Oh, is that person that makes me slap that person? You slap your wife, or you slap your because I was reading the other day, a man took his wife to court and said the wife beats him up, mm. and <laughs> so he wants to divorce the wife. And I said, wow, th- this is true. Mm. So you slap her, or you slap him, and you say, well, I slap you because you of what you said to me. You are just rationalizing it because your conscience is telling you you shouldn't have. And instead for you to say, you know what, I'm sorry, you're saying, no, no, you brought it on yourself. If you haven't said what you said, I wouldn't have to slap you. And, but you have no right to slap another human being. So it could be in any shape
0: or form. And going back to that question that was asked a few weeks ago about how ca- what, what if we don't know that we are sinning? Can we sin? and not know it, that's because we have quietened our conscience for so long mm. that we cannot hear his vo- uh, the oh, voice yeah. of the conscience
1: anymore. We all, we all do this thing. Now, I, it's called selective. There is a level of hearing that is called selective hearing. The same way we, we can become selective with our conscience. We just pick what we want to listen to. Exactly. The words oh, you don't know. Uh, you know how uh, uh, that does it and the only Spirit is not gonna struggle it's not gonna force it
2: it's, it's an indicator
1: just like the indicator in your car will not f- take the car away from you or oh, stop you or oh, stop you <laughs> the light is showing a wise person will say oh, oh I need gas look for the nearest gas station mm-hmm. but it's somebody that's selective in the signal they say oh they, I see have so many kilometers mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the car dies Then you are saying, oh, this stupid car, why did you die on me? It's not a stupid car. The car told you it needed gas. By the time the rain comes and beat on the house and it crumbles, it is an indicator that you ignored. Mm -hmm. Life, God has put this indicator in us called the conscience, especially if you are born again. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, if you are not born again, don't follow your conscience. (laughs) because the Holy Spirit is not there. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. So you can, and that's why Paul listed six kind of conscience for us in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bible told us six, uh, you can have a good conscience, Acts chapter 23, verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse verse 5, or you can have a clear conscience, clear of offense, clear of uh, guilt, uh, Acts chapter 24, verse 16, 1 Timothy 3, 9, 2 uh, Timothy 1, three Hebrews 13.18. Or you can have a guilty conscience. That's common in church. Guilty conscience. Oh, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. I'm a worm. <laughs> oh, Lord. Instead of messages, just give me a Volkswagen. I'm not worthy. Line? I'm not worthy. We think that is a pious uh, attitude. But that is a guilty conscience. Why? Because we cannot... Appropriate this the the sacrifice of Christ and know that we have been set free and walk in the reality of it.
0: That's Hebrew ten twenty two. Mm-hmm. The Passion Translation says we come closer to God and approach Him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from Him. Yeah. For our hearts have been sprinkled. With, with the blood, blood of Jesus. to remove impurity, yeah. and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Yeah. Now we are clean, yeah. unstained, and presentable to God, inside and out. That
1: is who we are. You cannot be a Christian and still carry guilt. We and must
0: it. wrap our hearts around that, our
1: mind around that truth. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll be going around with guilty yeah. conscience. You can't come close to God with a guilty conscience. Mm-hmm. Because you will be squalling and begging God. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't want squallers or beggars.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Now, there is also corrupted a conscience. Mm-hmm. We see that in Titus 1:15, corrupted conscience. That's so, when you say something is corrupt, it's messed up, totally messed up. Or uh, weak conscience, mm-hmm. vacillating, doing it today. Mm-hmm. Then tomorrow say, oh, this thing is too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. That's a Now, excuse is the nail to build a house of failure. Mm. I I had that years ago, and I've tried to put it as a principle in my life. Mm. Uh, Never stop making excuse. Stop making excuse. "Eh, I really want to come to church, but uh, I didn't hear the alarm. So it's the alarm's fault. Mm. Mm. You know? uh, And then we can have a seared... It's terrible. The, the heart has become callous. Mm.
2: The
1: Holy Spirit is speaking, but we are not even hearing
2: it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seared, mm.
1: and we just go by how we feel, or what looks right to us. Mm. Amen. Amen. That will help us. Mm. Well, next week I think we're gonna pick it up from verse seventeen to twenty-four, talking about self-righteousness, mm. and that's a big one. There is self-righteousness, and then there is the righteousness of faith. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, one of the studies I was doing, that was the state Martin Luther was mm. that brought uh, division in the Catholic uh, uh, church. Because if the, the Catholicism preaches that you you, you you enjoy the benefit of God only when you're a good Catholic. <laughs> and he was already a chaplain and he knows he's not doing it right. And he was in agony of soul mm. in the prayer room. And he was so bitter with himself,
2: Mm. he was gonna
1: quit, but the Holy Spirit led him to that scripture. In this same Romans, Mm. chapter three, and Mm. he saw that it is faith in what Christ has done that makes you right with God. Mm. That liberated him. Mm. And then he made sure that information was printed. It was excommunicated, communicated, it was Mm -hmm. something, but Mm -hmm. thank God for people like him that it is, we are not to go by self-righteousness, we go by the righteousness of faith in Christ Jesus. Mm. Uh, and then we talk about how to get blessed mm-hmm. because everybody wants the blessing to manifest. Abraham's blessing are mine, but Abraham's blessing will not show up until I do the work of Abraham.
0: Well, what Abraham did.
1: <laughs> Abraham had faith in God and he backed it off with works. Mm-hmm. So we look at all that next week. Amen. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. other thing you want to share with us today as we uh, summarize what we have done?
0: Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed tonight. Glory be to God. Tonight, uh, you know, I, I always like us to have at least one thing to take home with us. And I, and I believe tonight, what I want us to, to take with us is to propose to obey the Word of God. To go and continue to build the foundation of the word of truth in our lives. When you come to church, in fact, let me tell you something. Before you come to church, pray that the word that the man of God or the woman of God is going to speak to you today, you will receive it. So you must pray for your pastor that the, that, that the pastor would get a revelation that would be given to you. And once you get to church and you receive that revelation or when you open the scripture at home, when you are reading your Bible, you open the scripture and you catch something there, make sure that you follow through with it. It is the work that you do, not the one that you hear only, but the one that you do. That really actually has an impact in your life. Amen. So let's go out this week and be doers of the word of
1: God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You want to close for us in prayer?
0: Daddy in heaven, we thank, thank you. Thank you Lord. We praise and glorify your name. Oh. Thank you for your word that you have heard tonight. Thank you. thank you for the opportunity again and again that you give unto us to get it right. Yes, Lord. You are the most patient, entity that we can ever have. You've always been patient with us. You persevere. You long suffer for us so that we can get it because you love us. Father, we thank you. We We receive your word tonight, oh Lord, and we promise that we will put to practice what we hear so that our lives can be better. We give you praise, Daddy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen.